Brilliant. Um, I want to read a short passage from the Bible, and Emmy is going to read it for us. And this is from Psalm 78, the first seven verses. Go for it. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born, and they will in turn teach their own children. So each generation should set up its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Thank you for reading that so brilliantly. This is um, a few verses from Psalm 78, and it talks about passing faith, the story of God, on from one generation to the next. It talks about how the stories of God are passed down from parents to children. And of course, in the times before we had the Bible written down, when this psalm was first written down, not everybody had this story, these stories written down. They had to be passed. The stories of what God did had to be passed from parents to children, from their children to the next generation. And it talks about four generations there. It says, teach them to their, our ancestors, teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, and the generation not yet born. I mean, that's talking about four different generations. I don't know, what's that? 70, 80 years, maybe more? Okay. Now listen, we cannot make our young people, our children, Christians, we can't force them to choose to believe in God. All of us, however old we are, have to make a decision about following Jesus. Actually, we have to make decisions about following Jesus every day. But there are many things that we can do in order to help our young people to understand what God is doing. Okay, we can tell the generation the stories we have learned, that's what it's talking about there, and we can pass on wisdom and truths from the Bible. I've got a question for you. doesn't matter how old you are. If you are someone who has made a decision in your life to follow Jesus, I want you to put your hand up if you made that decision before roughly the age of, say, 18. Okay? If you are someone who chose to follow Jesus before the age of 18, or maybe 20, something like that, in your teens, just raise your hand right, really clearly, and everyone else look around and just observe... Now, I know that's not everybody's story by any means, but it is a lot of people's story. It's a lot of people's story. How many of you, how many of us had parents or another significant adult in our lives who were active followers of Jesus and who taught us the stories of God or told us things about what God has done and in that way have sort of helped to pass their faith? Just how many of us is that? Okay, many of us. Awesome, thank you. Um, if you've got someone, doesn't matter, if you, whether you're a young person or an old person, just turn to the person next to you, okay, and share one thing, just in a nutshell, very short sentence, one thing that you would pass on to the next generation, if you had to sum up your faith or everything you know about God, I know this is hard to do, but if you could, 
If you could pass on one quick lesson or one quick tip, what would it be? And if you've got a young person with you, young people, if you've got a grown-up near you, turn to them and ask the grown-up near you, what would be your one tip that you would pass on about the Christian faith if you just had one sentence to say it in? Just do that quickly. Grown-ups, if you haven't got any young people with you, just share it amongst yourselves. Okay, and turn back this way. So I want to say this. If you are a young person here, I want you to know, if you don't already know, that you are highly valued here in this church. We want you to know, and some of you are standing around the back, and I want you to look at me, and I want you to listen to what I've got to say, because this is important. You are highly valued in this church. Everyone is highly valued in this church, Okay, Not just young people, but this morning I want you to get that message. What does that mean? I think there's four things. Oh, hello. There we go. No. Something's going on with the projector, guys. Lost the input. Okay. There are four things that we need to do. Um, that, there are four aims. And this is for everybody, but particularly for young people. You have a lot to bring here. We love your energy. We love your enthusiasm. We love how those of us who are grown-ups love how you make us feel young. Right? We love to see you using your gifts and your talents as part of our church life. Lovely to see you welcoming people on the door, hosting people on the stage. It's not just about what we do on the stage, but it's lovely to see some of our young people involved in worship. Okay? Uh, we love the potential that we see in you. We love it when we see you using your gifts and your talents um, to make an impact on the world. And we want you to experience Jesus. Now, our aims for young people here are the same as they are for everybody, actually. They're not just aims for young people, they're aims for everybody. And that is that we want people to feel safe and welcome when they come here. We want people to connect with God and grow in relationship with Jesus. So young people, that's what we want for you when you come here, that you feel like this is a safe and welcoming place, that you get to connect with God, that you get to make friends and play a full part in church life and that you get to invite friends and welcome guests. And that's the same for grown-ups and it's for young people. You know, um, you've heard this, who's heard this expression? It's an African proverb. It takes a whole village to raise a child. And what that means is everybody in the village has an input into the next generation. We have an amazing youth team here. I know they're not all here today. But just stand up if you're one of our youth team, if you serve on one of our young people's groups, be it on Sundays or Fridays or any other time. Just stand up if that's you. And again, I want to say thank you to you and bless you. We appreciate it. You can sit down. These people serve regularly and give up their time and energy. They have proper jobs as well and often their own families to come, well, some of them do. Some of them are students, so you don't count, Ben, but that's fine. Um, they, come, they come early, they prepare, they set up and lead groups. They do it because they love Jesus and because they love young people and they're passionate about investing in lives and seeing young people connect with Jesus. But it's not just about our youth team. Everyone in our church, everyone has a part to play in sharing faith with the next generation. Now, we are all role models whether we like it or not, whether we've thought about it or not, we are all role models. 
So how you even smile at somebody, how you interact with somebody, if you give them a, hey, nice to see you, or if you ignore them, or if you get a bit grumpy with them, it's all noticed. And young people, I think it would be fair to say, um, are looking for authenticity and legitimacy and people to help them make sense of the world. And obviously, for parents, that's the primary job. But wise parents will do everything they can to make sure that there are plenty of other grown-ups in the lives of their young people. Um, young people, look around you a minute. Look around and ask yourself this question. Who would I like to see on the youth team that isn't there right now? <laughs> I said ask yourself the question, okay? At this point, don't ask them yet. But have you ever thought, young people, who do I like? Who gets on well with young people? Who's got, who would I, it's a really great question. If you're a young person, okay, just a little bit of honesty here, okay, if you're, if you're a young person, you don't yet know everything there is to know about life. Now, I was a young person once, as we all were, and we all thought that we did, okay, but we don't, okay? And so one of my tips that I learned from a good friend of mine is this, when I find somebody who's done something well in their life, I just go and hang out with them and ask them how they did it. What questions, young people, have you got for the grown-ups around you? What questions have you got? It would be really good. And, who, and who, who is it that you look around and think, I could learn something from them, or they seem like a fun person to hang out with? I mean, there are tons of questions you could ask. You could start like this. When you were my age, what did you do well, and what did you wish you hadn't done? That would be a good question to ask. What mistakes did you make? What advice would you pass on? Okay. All of those people who chose to follow Jesus before the age of 18 and are still following Jesus now must have some wisdom, some experience. And young people, you would do really well to look to some of these older ones. Not everyone in here, obviously, but... <laughs> I didn't mean that like that. I don't mean... Don't, I didn't mean that like that. That came out wrong. Sorry. There are some people in here I wouldn't... No, 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 I'm just teasing. <laughs> but there, is tons, there, 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 are, there are plenty of questions. Now, um, for the grown-ups in here, we've all got a part to play. You've seen our bus out there, and it's almost ready to go on the road. It's, almost, it's ready now for its roadworthiness test. Finally, which is amazing. And the plan for that bus is to go to schools and to help with sessions around mental health and to do a whole bunch of other things just to be reaching out in the community. Grown-ups, we're going to need some people to make this happen. We're going to need some people to drive the bus. You don't actually have to have a proper license. You just need a bit of training. A proper license. You don't need a bus driver's license. I'm getting myself in deep water here. What I mean is, if you've got a normal car license or, or a, a mini, minibus license, you're allowed to drive that bus. But we do, we'll have some training. But we need drivers. We need people who can make hot chocolate. We need people who can listen. We need people who can hang out and invest. Okay, I think I've made that point enough. The, the young people talked about dreaming the impossible. It's uh, the highlight of the year for many of our youth. Okay, last year we took 25 or 30 people from this church. And we're going to be taking a group again this year. And you could be part of making that happen. For that happen. Now, now, DTI is a much bigger event than our church. Last year, there were 3,000 people on site. 
and they are forecasting to grow by 20% year on year. And DTI is something which our Vineyard family, our wider Vineyard Churches UK family, has really stepped forward in and taken responsibility for over the last few years. There was a massive space. You might have heard of the Soul Survivor Festivals. Soul Survivor, amazing, amazing people, amazing audience, ran this youth event for 29 years and then, and then felt like God was telling them to stop. And they did stop. And the, the, they, one of the spaces that they left, they invited Vineyard to come in. And we, were already ha- we already had this DTI festival that was in a different time in the year and a little bit smaller. And they said, would you step up and would you take this space? And um, the Vineyard people said, yes, we'd absolutely love to. And the truth is, um, we've, we've taken this on as a whole Vineyard-wide family. And the truth is, we need some more input, which is partly why we're doing today. And we want to tell you a bit about that um, and they've got a video, um, which will tell you, so you're going to hear from Susie and Zeke, who are the leaders of DTI, and you're going to hear from John and Debbie Wright, who are the leaders of the Vineyard Church movement in the UK. And um, I know young people, you're, you might, actually, I think you see some of yourselves on this video. Um, if you can roll the uh, first DTI video, that would be great. Thanks. young people meet Jesus, fearlessly follow him, believing that nothing is impossible with God. Last summer we had an amazing time as thousands of us gathered on the Staffordshire showground. It was so much fun. We saw hundreds of young people commit to follow Jesus. We saw many healings and breakthroughs and received so many stories of young people and youth leaders' lives being transformed. As Soul Survivor ended nearly four years ago, its founder, Mike Pilavacci, invited the DTI team to expand and step into the huge void that it would leave. We said yes to this challenge because we are passionate about the next generation and we believe that DTI had a key role to play. Since then, DTI has grown to almost 3,000 from vineyard churches and many other denominations across the UK and Ireland. And alongside the festival, we are significantly investing in young people, youth leaders and local churches. We've both led in youth ministry for over 15 years and we're more convinced than ever of the vital need to invest in young people. From an evangelism point of view, it makes sense because the stats consistently show that most people come to faith by the age of 18. Young people are facing challenges with their mental health, which has been accelerated by the pandemic. One in four teenagers reported self-harming in 2021. They are searching for their identity and being shaped and molded by an increasingly godless culture in an unprecedented way. We believe that as the church, we have got to stand up and to say, not on our watch, and do everything we can to point them to the hope and the life that is found in Jesus. That's what we are doing at DTI. As we invest in the larger settings and the local church, we're seeing lives turning around as young people encounter Jesus. Over the past two summers, John and I have both served on the Dream Team, and we'll be there again this summer. We've had the privilege of seeing this with our own eyes, and our hearts have been broken seeing the level of need. This is an opportunity on our watch to participate in extending God's kingdom in this generation for thousands of young people to respond to the gospel, hear the Bible taught in a way that is relevant to them, and to encounter the presence of God through His Holy Spirit. And so we're inviting you to play your part. We need hundreds more of you to join us on the Dream Team this summer. Come and serve and be a part of what God is doing. We're also inviting you to financially invest in DTI. We took an offering for DTI four years ago at our National Leaders Gathering and then 
COVID hit and it hit DTI hard. We knew that going ahead during the pandemic would cost us financially as we went online and served youth and youth leaders in smaller settings. But we were willing to make this investment because the need was so great. Our plans to grow the festival to over 4,000 by now were delayed such that with three years of expenditure and reduced income from ticket sales, all that money has now been spent. To enable DTI to move forward such that it can continue to grow and get to a place where it's close to breaking even, we need significant financial investment. In addition to the summer festival, this would also enable even greater expansion of everything the team are doing to invest in youth and youth leaders throughout the year. We're absolutely convinced that investing in youth ministry needs to be among the biggest priorities in advancing the Great Commission. And DTI has an opportunity to make an enormous difference. And so we're inviting you to financially sow into what the Lord is doing. We believe in the God of the impossible. And so we are daring to dream the impossible, that we would see our nations transformed, a generation meet Jesus, fearlessly follow him, believing that nothing is impossible with God. Here are some highlights. I came to DTI without peace, but now I feel a lot more peace and no more anxiety. I now know for 100% that God loves me no matter what. I need to go and pray and tell others about the love of God. After years of hanging on, I let go and gave it all to God. I've gone to church my whole life, but only properly connected with God yesterday when I went to the front and gave my life to Jesus. God loves and he forgives without conditions. That's what we call grace. Like nothing you can do to earn it or to deserve it. It is constant no matter what. And so when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, in other words, he's saying, keep God on the throne. We are not saved by our good works. We're not saved by the things that we do. We are saved by the grace of Jesus, by the unconditional, unmerited love of Jesus. You are being offered an identity that's beyond your wildest dreams and it's given to us freely in Jesus. You are free and you are loved. God uses us in our weakness, in our brokenness, he uses us as we are. He is the starter, the pioneer, but he's also the perfecter of our faith. Either Jesus died and rose again, or he didn't. But if he did, then we have everything to live for. Because nothing is impossible with God. After DTI, I feel redeemed, free, and loved by God. You can see the impact of DTI in young people's lives. If you're a young person, you've been to DTI, turn to one of the grown-ups near you and just tell them the one thing that you loved about it. Just tell them one quick thing. What is it? I mean, you might have loved many things, but what, was the, what did you love most about DTI? Okay, you see, you can see the impact of DTI in young people's lives. And I have to say, you know, Joe and I are personally invested in this. 
All of our kids have had amazing times at DTI. I honestly believe that the experiences that they have had and the friendships they have made have shaped their faith over the years. And I, I don't think this is hyperbole when I say that this is an opportunity to shape, to shape and impact and change a nation. And we have an opportunity to serve. Can you put my slides back on and the one with the dream team on, please? Um, we were part of the dream team last year. There were three, about 300 people. Um, the next, yeah, next one. Um, about 300 people were serving on site. We need about 500 this year. But we were able to see firsthand just how many young people were meeting with God. Often these were people not from, I mean, about, about 40% are from vineyard churches and the rest are from all, all around, everywhere, all, all kinds of different uh, churches and groups and towns and cities. Um, often people who hadn't experienced worship in that way, hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit in that way, and that's a real privilege. You know, last year I was talking to a group of worship leaders at a vineyard worship leaders retreat and they were all in their 20s and um, they were just chatting and um, one of them asked the question they said when did you first experience the ministry of the Holy Spirit and at least three or four of these young people who were in their 20s said oh I experienced it at Soul Survivor when I was a teenager okay I experienced that so I went to a youth event this wasn't something that was part of their church particularly but they encountered God's presence. And there are a number of youth events that are filling the space that Soul Survivor um, made, created. Um, I don't think any of the other ones, or maybe one other one, um, is doing ministry in the power of the Spirit in the way that they are at DTI. And so this is a first-hand opportunity to see young people encounter God. And so we, we asked um, recently the teams, uh, the, the specific teams that they're looking for more people are campsite hosts. In other words, somebody who is practical but also pastoral. Um, stewards, night stewards. Anybody who likes staying up all night uh, with a walkie-talkie and a yellow um, thing. Uh, and warehouse teams, you know, running inflatables uh, in the evening venue. Um, so we have an opportunity to serve and we have an opportunity to give. And you heard how COVID has meant that the business plan that they made for DTI uh, got shortened and the, and the money was, got used because they ended up kind of basically putting events online um, and not getting any tickets in. Um, this is really important. Our whole movement, we have a, a national leaders conference in April and um, there is an invitation to, to give. Um, and whatever is given here, uh, we will take and we will add it into the pot uh, um, in, for our whole movement. And so between now and next Sunday, if you would like specifically to give towards DTI, um, you can, it's very simple. What we're going to do is, if, if you give online, then just give online anyway and just make a note, make sure there's a tag on your gift that says DTI offering, and we'll put this in our social media as well. And then next Sunday, we'll particularly, if you want to pay with cash or checks or pay by card, we'll do that next Sunday. We are going to take up an offering specifically um, to invest in young people at DTI. Um, we're just going to go over by about five minutes or so today. And I've told our kids groups that already. So um, I hope you're okay with that. Because there's, some other, there's another little bit I want to, I want to talk about, and that's this. Um, and it's, it's really, what are we doing with what God has put in our hands? Now, I mentioned that DTI is particularly personal to Joe and I. You may not know this, but 24 years ago, we were the ones who started it. Okay? Um, we had no idea that the small gathering that we went on with a bunch of young people, would, with about 40 people we had, about half a dozen youth groups, and uh, we had no idea that it would become what it's become now. And we're genuinely blown away by that. So, um, 
like I said, the question is, what has God put in our hands? Can you put the slide up for me, the one with the hands? Um, Joe had no idea 20 years ago <laughs> in rainy Wales <laughs> in a caravan when she was bathing our Zach, going, what on earth am I doing here, Lord? I had no idea what an impact this event would have down the line. I mean, we were, we were only involved for about six years and then somebody else took it on. We didn't plan for it to happen like it's happening now. We just did our best with what was in front of us. And we've always tried to do that thing that's in the Psalms. You know, just to pass on our faith, to hand on the stories of God, uh, to tell them the amazing things that God has done to our kids and anyone else's kids who'd listen. We invite, all we did was invite people to come, arrange a PA and some worship, got some speakers and some food and invite the Holy Spirit. And we got it from about 30 people to about 300 people on site. And we thought that was a really big deal. And um, then we ran out of ideas and couldn't figure out a space. And it took somebody else to come along and make it work. Um, the thing that we did was to say, to spot a gap, think, oh, we could do something about that. And feel like it was the prompting of God and say yes. And so my question to you is, as we finish this today, I really want us to think about as a church what we, how we want to respond to, to this specific invitation to give time and energy uh, and maybe even money if we've got it towards DTI and we would love some of the older folks to come and get involved in some of the teams and we would love that we would love that but this is for everyone so young people this is for you as well what has God put in your hands and what are you doing with it maybe it's talents and gifts maybe you're good at some stuff Maybe you're passionate about something. Maybe you have skills or talents that are particularly special to you. What has God put in your hands? And what are you doing with them? Maybe it's dreams and visions. Maybe you've got this idea about how you can make something better than it is. Real simple um, definition of vision is describing a better future. I can see something in the future that's better than it is now. Has God given you a vision? Is there a gap that you see and you think, I could fill that? Or what about resources, the things that God has put in our hands? We've got time, we've got energy, maybe we've got money. doesn't matter what age you are, this is for everyone. I want to finish, but I just want to tell you a story of a guy who I know. Um, he's a lovely, lovely older, older man. He's in his mid-80s. He's in, a, in our church in Birmingham. He was a retired Baptist minister, when I first met him, he was not quite retired, but he was almost retired. And uh, his name is Bill. And in the church in Birmingham, he's called Uncle Bill. And uh, in one of the youth meetings, one of the youth leaders asked the youth, there's maybe 30, 40 young people, how many of you know Uncle Bill? Everybody puts their hands up. How many of you know that Uncle Bill knows you and knows your name and knows what's going on with you? All of them put their hand up. How many of you were the first person to initiate that conversation with Uncle Bill? Nobody put their hand up. How many people did Uncle Bill come and speak to and find out about? Everyone puts their hand up. It's entirely... Uh, <laughs> I've talked to Bill. Here's a man who is in his mid-80s who says to me, I don't want to hang out with people my old age. They're just waiting to die. <laughs> okay. I would, rather, I would rather hang out with young people because they keep me young, right? 
There's a few, a few amens from the, from the, from the back. Um, we all have an opportunity to invest in the next generation. And um, that's it. Why don't we stand together? Because I would just love us to pray. I feel like the Holy Spirit has some things that he wants to do and say as we, as we kind of draw our service to a close.